Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's The List and your boy with Jimmy Van and Sean Ross. What's up, you guys? It's time, <laughs> at least until my system detects feedback. Before, it's going to happen. Before Jimmy can't hear me, before you guys can't hear Jimmy, before yeah. you get an echo from me. <laughs> technology is... Uh, okay, Jimmy. Yeah. For the audio listeners, they're not going to get all of what happened before. I'm on the fence True. about if we should leave the 10 minutes or so that, that happened before because for some reason people like this stuff. I know what if we do, I'll put a timestamp in the description. That way people will be like, okay, that, uh, I can fast forward through all that trash. Just one week ago, this is on my list. Just huh? one week ago, you said... I'll buy you the House of Horrors house in Kansas City. If you just bought me a house in Toronto, this would be much simpler. The problem is the house in Toronto would cost slightly more than the one in Kansas City. You know, Give me a slightly place 30 more. minutes out of town. I'm good. Uh, no, I think, I think we're good with the way we are. But do you realize it's been 25 minutes since we first started the first live stream? Yeah, 25 which, minutes. Yeah, that, that's something. Somebody says... This is what happens when you have a redneck hillbilly on your podcast. <laughs> it's true. Uh, and then Roy Soria says, at least there's continuity. <laughs> I love it. I, I should have known better than to have Sean become a technical guru overnight. It's my fault. Well, you know, fortunately, I've, I've been able to have Nigel, as I mentioned, who I have seen more than my wife over the past week and a half. Yeah. It's true. Well, you know, let's 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 just pretend all that shit didn't happen because what I was going to ask you the first time around, 25 minutes ago, is what did you think of that intro that I got made because I gave you a little uh, teaser of it yesterday. What did you think of that? So it's funny because as I listened to it yesterday, I didn't hear the audio. Right. Then I heard the audio and I was like, oh, that's neat. He got somebody to professionally do this. Then I listened and I was like, that's that's Justin Roberts. Yeah. He got Justin Roberts to do our intro. I did. I did. And then it has elements of Hog Wild by Hank Williams Jr. at the end of it. 
Yes, it does, because you are so obsessed about uh, mill body parts, and specifically you like to refer to them as hogs, and I think that you wanted Hogwild as, as the music for the show. Didn't, didn't you say that's what you wanted at one yeah, point? Yeah, that's what I wanted. You know what? So, it's, it's funny, because I listen to that song sarcastically, and I kind of like it. Of course you do. I mean, it, it fits you perfectly, given your demographic. But uh, it, uh, I had that thrown into the back. Uh, now, when we were pre-taping earlier and doing the testing and everything, I heard Sean say to Nigel, oh, no, he's not an eccentric millionaire. He got Justin Roberts to do the, the intro. I called in a favor to Justin Roberts. I called in a favor. He took care of it and did a great job, and it sounds great. It does sound great. I'm pretty yeah. thrilled with it. Yeah. I'm pretty thrilled with it. And you know what's amazing about him, too, is uh, I had said to him, because you know he's doing his book promotion right now? Yeah. I said to him, just send me, uh, just do a little thing on FaceTime or something, like just record something on your phone. He actually said, well, actually, I was going to use my voiceover equipment at my house. Ah, uh, I, I said, could tell. I could yeah, tell he did that. I told him, done deal, use your voiceover equipment. So that's what he did. So thank you to him. And I'll plug his book again, uh, Best Seat in the House. It's one of the best, most honest wrestling books I have read. Uh, so check that out. I'm going to get him for an interview here in the next couple of weeks. Cool. Hopefully so, yeah. Hoping I can interview Mandy Leone ahead of this uh, Ring of Honor pay-per-view this weekend because I'm supposed to have that happen, but scheduling and working with Wirecast kind of pushed that back a little bit. But uh, right. we do have Ring of Honor coverage this weekend, guys, so check that out as well. As well as UFC 211, Showdown Joe and I did a podcast yesterday previewing it. Soon, this type of thing will be applied to the Joe show as well, but... Um, I can't imagine how much he would panic in that type of situation without a Nigel. Absolutely. Yeah, he would. And, I, and it's funny you bring up Showdown Joe because I was going to touch upon this. Uh, let's talk about lobster ravioli. Let's talk about ravioli in general because I know you saw that. And <laughs> I did. You were, and I know you were thinking, how did he know what I got to eat? Okay, now, for, first off, of all the people that should make fun and suggest that I would bring microwave pasta to a restaurant, the guy with the Atkins microwave lasagna is the last guy that should be making fun. You know why I do that, Jimmy? Because what I work that? for you 16 hours on a Tuesday, yeah. and I don't have time to cook for myself, so I throw an Atkins lasagna right in there. I got it. I got it. Lobster you- ravioli. Yeah. Who knew it was a thing? Well, that's because you're a you're a small town, you know, Southern American little man. So you're trying and, to say I have a palate of like an elementary schooler, <laughs> basically. Uh, I saw your Instagram when I was trolling you to get questions for your whatever you call it, your members only show. Yeah. And yeah, so you like uh, you like Atkins microwave lasagna. Uh, clearly, you like your Monster Energy drinks. I, you uh, you play baseball with loaves of bread. I so did this you is. See that? Did you see that? I did. I was gonna I was gonna mention it later, but it, it fit yeah. into my story now. So. Yeah, that upset me a little bit. These people, we went to this highly reviewed pizza place in Lexington when I went and got the new uh, the new PC last week. And they said, here you go, take this free loaf of bread. And as I grabbed it, I was like, ah, a little rough. Plopped it down on my table, and I felt like it was going to break the tiling on the table on, a, on our island. It was pretty rough. Did you think to yourself, why are they offering me a free loaf of bread? I did. But you took, it, you took it anyway. The place is called Crust. I would assume it would be pretty good. I was oh, it, wrong. Well, it's probably called Crust because the crust is the hardest part of the bread. And that's all their bread is apparently made out of is crust. Fun fact. Uh, I left that out in my yard, much to the anger of my wife. And some animal or something took it off. It's not there today. Maybe a neighbor? 
Yeah, they could. It, it is Kentucky. It is Kentucky. <laughs> Somebody was like, hey, they're leaving gifts outside. All right. Uh, let's talk about Matt Riddle. Yeah. Let's. And now I'm going to do the talking on this one, Sean. Why? Because I feel like I feel like we got to be diplomatic. I don't want to burn bridges. You can be I'm a sensitive sort. Bridges with somebody. Sensitive. You can be a sensitive. I'm sort. not sensitive. <laughs> I never get sensitive. What makes you think that I would ever get emotional or sensitive as it relates to criticism? Okay, so I want to talk about Matt because there were a few people that were bummed out that we were uh, scrapping Matt's show. Uh, it seems like of all the names, he was the one that most people were. Uh, wanting to keep. So let's talk about Matt. So our plan the whole time had been to keep Matt. Uh, and rather than do his own show on Thursdays, we were going to incorporate him into this show on Wednesdays. And that was the plan. Um, I guess the one place where we messed up was we didn't give him maybe as much heads up as he wanted. And so what happened was on Monday, Sean was supposed to uh, tape a show with Matt. Uh, Matt's in Europe on a, on a tour. But Sean was going to tape a show with him. And then we were going to incorporate segments from that into this show and Matt no showed that taping uh and you know sometimes he's not the best with his time so we just thought oh maybe whatever maybe he got busy or something so I hit Matt up uh yesterday turns out that he was a little bit upset because uh he felt like he got no notice he felt like uh, uh it was canceled out of nowhere uh, the only thing that I questioned I guess is that he made a comment to me about you know I I dragged my podcast equipment all the way to Europe when, as far as I know, all he has is a microphone that we bought him for the podcast. But anyway, so I apologized to Matt and I told him, sorry, you didn't get more of a heads up and that's our bad and we should have given you more communication. And I told him, we still want to incorporate you into the show. So uh, if you want to reconsider, let me know. And that's kind of where we left it. I know he wants to do his own podcast on his own and that's totally cool. Yeah. And maybe he'll decide to, to join us. Maybe he won't. But that's kind of where it stands. Yeah, I really like working with Matt. I think that he fits what we do very well. And I messaged him, and I was like, I heard you were upset. I understand why. But if you ever want to get involved, let us know. And if you start your own show, let us know that. That way we can let our viewers and let our readers know as well, because they're going to have probably quite a few people who may not know that. But that was the thing I got a little bit after we were supposed to film, was I uh, don't want to do it, doing my own show starting it this week. I don't know if he is, but... I like Matt. I, I yeah, was a little yeah. bummed to hear that he was upset, but he did he did risk his life in China for the podcast. So <laughs> I guess he did. I mean, let's be honest it's <laughs> it's a it's an hour a week. It's yeah. not uh, it's not a big deal. It's not like we're paying him full time money. So uh, it's it's no big deal. So I again, I you know, if he wants to be with us for future shows, that's cool. If he doesn't, best of luck to him. Yeah, you know, I'd, love no, to, no, I'd, lo- I'd love to have him. Like I said, I think yeah. he fits what we do. The crossover very well so right right now speaking of people being upset uh what did you do to piss off Shawn michaels i don't know really he blocked me on twitter i don't know i went back and even looked at like what i could have tweeted about him that could have upset him the last time i even tagged him in anything was when i was doing those royal rumble retros where i was going back and i exhaustingly watched every royal rumble which was a mistake but I tagged him, and it was a positive tweet. I said mm. that the battle between he and The Undertaker, I think at the 07 Rumble, was iconic. I said that, and then I tweeted something. Do you remember when he got eliminated by Batista, where he was holding on to the ropes, and 
He was trying to get his match with The Undertaker, and Batista just swings his arms and knocks Shawn Michaels off, and Michaels is grasping, trying to hold on, and then he falls. I thought that was a beautiful moment, too. Mm. It's really the last thing. I mean, I mentioned he was on my flight after the Rumble, but I don't know. Why did Mm. you... I don't know. You must have said something that angered him. I mean, you are, you know, you are the type that riles people up, Sean. I don't get emotional. I don't get other people emotional. Somebody asked if it was a comment about his movie. It could have been a comment about his movie. Did you take a shot at his movie? Oh, uh, yeah, I'm sure I have. It looks terrible. And somebody says SRS uses the Lord's name in vain. That could be it, too. That might be it, too. Yeah. None of this surprises me, by the way. So, like, when I heard, oh, Shawn Michaels has blocked Sean Ross Sapp from Twitter, I just thought, of course he did. That's Sean Ross Sapp. That's how yeah. it goes. Um, okay, it's, it's time for the big one, Sean. Oh, boy. This is, the, this, this is the big one of the week. Star Wars Episode Four. A New Hope. You watched it last week. It was your first ever time watching a Star Wars uh, movie. Let's hear it. I watched Guardians of the Galaxy on Sunday. Star-Lord is a better Han Solo than Han Solo is. Are you telling me that you're going to disrespect Star Wars Episode Four? No, I'm just saying that Guardians of the Galaxy is really good. Okay, we're not talking about that. I want to know what you thought of Star Wars Episode Four. Well, first off, sand people, why can't they just be regular people? Where, what's up with the bigotry? They I know we're in sand. a different time. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. You can't call them water people. I'm going to be honest. I I didn't really like the movie that much. But that being said, had I watched it in 1977, I probably would have thought, damn, this is an incredible movie. I probably would have thought that. I like more current movies. It was remarkable, like, how good some of the special effects were back then. But then some of the lasers and voice dubs were not. Now, where did you watch it? Because you know that they had re-releases later where they kind of updated it. I'm, it they, had to have been a re-release. I watched it in really? full 1080p, so yeah. Was there, like, CGI uh, animals and stuff in it? Yeah. Okay, so you watched a re-release. Good. So, yeah, but they could have they redone those lasers. They could have made those lasers a little <laughs> bit better. Come I on think, now. I think if you watch the original, it's got a lot of charm to it, I think. Yeah. You know? I thought it was funny when... <laughs> Luke Skywalker was like so frustrated at the beginning. He acted like I do when you give me a task. He's like, "Oh, but uh, I'm busy. I got uh, all this stuff." You're not lying. You're not lying. Whenever I ask Sean to get out of his comfort zone about anything, (laughs) it's not true. That's exactly how he responds. The way he just did. When I was like, "Hey, Sean, I want to start using Wirecast." He always, we talk on Skype, he's like, I don't know why you're cast. Well, you're going to learn. Ah, it's going to take a long time to learn. Well, just just do it. Well, and what did you say? Oh, we got to have it ready by last Wednesday and then by today. Well, and here we are, right? Yeah, we're, we're here. All we're I have here. to do is nurture you, Sean, and push you and things get done, right? Yes. You're kind of like a puppy that needs to be trained. Yeah, that's exactly what I need. That's exactly <laughs> what I need. Um. I got to get you some grass, put it in a corner so that, you know, you can learn. <laughs> I'll piss in that grass in the corner <laughs> of my office. I will. Uh, a couple other notes I had. Holograms way before Tupac and Bray Wyatt. Mm-hmm. Was that added in later no. or was that in the original? Yes. You mean like the one of uh, Princess Leia? Yeah, it's pretty impressive for back yes. then. Yes, that was back then. Yep. What wasn't impressive is that everybody does like a spin move when they get shot. <laughs> 
<laughs> like, did everybody get shot like right here with a laser and have to do a full I mean, spin move? No one said these guys were marksmen. Yeah, you know, they're 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 just trying to like save their lives. They're not they're not skilled marksmen necessarily. You know. Also, that that's, that little weenie in the boardroom that Darth Vader choked with the Force, he had that shit coming. <laughs> he had it coming. Now, let me ask you this. Do you think that there will someday be a wrestling character and he'll do a choke slam when the guy's across the ring just by raising his hand and then going like that? Well, they've had the invisible man who does that. He was at Joey Janela's spring break, but somebody's going to capitalize on that on the indies. I can't believe nobody has yet. Yeah, you think so? Yeah. I once was at an independent show years ago, and it was one of Edge's last independent shows in Toronto. Yeah. And there was a guy on the car dressed as Mike Meyer, Michael Myers from Halloween. Mm-hmm. Not to be confused with Mike Myers from Austin Powers. And uh, this guy dressed as Michael Myers did all of Taker's stuff, including like the sit-up and, and all that stuff. And the entire crowd booed him for 10 straight minutes. Really? Yeah. That was pretty awesome. So my last note was that I died laughing at the stormtroopers who fell over each other to get through that small hole in the wall just to get shot. They were like, nah, let me out there. I'm ready to end it. I'm ready to end it. That's how they were trained. They were trained to, you know, to get the job done. Here's the way I look at it, Jimmy Van. I didn't like the movie. I didn't. But if, if, if I were around back then and I were watching movies every weekend and fitting one in every couple weeks, it would have probably been one of, uh, one of my favorite movies for the time. It's just, with the, with the times, it's just not my thing. I think you're spoiled by today's technology. Yeah, probably. And I, I think it makes you unable to, uh, to appreciate the means they had you know, 30, 40 years ago. 40 years ago. Yeah, 40 years ago. So you need to kind of think of that when you're watching the movie. Nah, I don't put stuff on a curve. I'm not doing that. People, people did that with me uh, about Pulp Fiction. I said there was too much unnecessary dialogue. And they're like, dialogue can be a good thing. And I said, oh, hold up, playboy. I didn't say too much dialogue. I said too much unnecessary dialogue. Pulp and Fiction did, did not need to be two and a half hours long. That did you movie. actually say Playboy? Did you actually say yes, hold I did. up Playboy? I said Playboy. Of course I did. Don't be you ridiculous. You really did. <laughs> Don't be ridiculous. I said there was too much unnecessary dialogue that had nothing to do with the plot of the film. And they're like, well, it's character development and character building. And I see that to an extent. Okay, so let me ask you this. What do you think of Game of Thrones? I've not watched it yet, and I'm going to. So I Game will. of Thrones, I got out of the show mm-hmm. because as great as the action sequences are – you got to sit through like 45 minutes of dialogue to get to the action sequence. Well, I watch Better Call Saul, and it has a lot of that as well. But another thing yeah. that I had was somebody said, well, all of Tarantino's movies are like that. Well, I'm sorry. Maybe I'm not going to watch a lot of or like a lot of Tarantino's movies. Didn't like mm. Reservoir Dogs. Thought I was going to love it. Mm. But I don't have to grade it on a curve because their filmmaking habits or whatever it may be don't fit to my taste. It's subjective entertainment, so... You know, I just ultimately uh, Star Wars is absolute trash. So, <laughs> so uh, your job mandate for this week is to watch episode five. Oh, oh really? I won't have time to do that. Sorry. <laughs> oh, really? You won't have time? Ring of Honor Friday, UFC Saturday. Uh, I've got to wash my hair Sunday. Right, you definitely need to. No question. 
Uh-huh. All right. We'll talk about it later. I think we should probably get into wrestling stuff because it's been like 20 minutes. So yeah, let's, let's talk some, some wrestling. Let's talk some Now, wrestling. the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to give props to Braun Strowman. Uh, because a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about how you thought Braun was uh, ready to be the guy. And you said he was going to be, or he was ready to be the next Brock Lesnar, not the next John Cena. And I said that there are things he needs to learn. He, he still needs to learn how to read a crowd and play off a crowd and facial expressions and promo work and all that stuff. On Raw this week on Monday, I couldn't help but notice he came out to interrupt Ambrose and uh, The Miz. And I couldn't help but notice that when he got out there and the crowd was cheering for him, he paused mid-sentence when he was about to cut his promo. He paused to look out at the crowd mm-hmm. because he was listening to them and he heard them. And for me, something as subtle as that, which, uh, which uh, a lot of guys might miss, especially a lot of wrestlers that maybe they don't get it. I saw that and I thought, this guy's going to get it because he, yeah. he knew enough. He listened to the crowd and he paused and he looked at them. And something so subtle as that, I thought, he's going to get it. He's going to figure it out. Yeah, I think so too. And I, I thought he was going to get it based on his improvement in the ring right. alone. I was like, well, eventually that's going to come. And I think it did. Unfortunately for him, it happens as he's about to take four to eight weeks off, which is a yeah. bummer because Raw is going to be in rough shape. And I didn't think SmackDown was very good this week either. But uh-huh. the difference is SmackDown has New Day coming eventually. Ty uh-huh. Dillinger wasn't even on the show. Nakamura uh-huh. hasn't started wrestling yet. American Alpha weren't on the show. The Usos didn't wrestle, but they had probably, honestly, the best Usos promo I've ever seen in my entire life. Mm-hmm. There is promise there, and it's two hours. Uh, Raw is dragging along. They have loaded it up and made it kind of character-heavy, and the characters are all kind of similar, which is unfortunate. Like, you could look at every character on there. Dean Ambrose, Bray Wyatt, Seth Rollins... Uh, Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman. How would all of those guys work best? Probably as tweeners who are kind of the anti-authority, don't really care about the rules thing. On Raw, or on SmackDown, AJ Styles is just over being AJ Styles. Kind of like that. But he's over as a babyface if they want him over as a babyface. Nakamura, he's over as a babyface like he should be. It's... I think that Raw, it, they lost Jericho, and now they're losing Braun Strowman. That's that's going to be a big hit. Now, I was going to talk about this later, but I think we'll talk about it right now because it, it kind of talks in, uh, ties into what you're talking about uh, in terms of the lack of star power on Raw. I want to talk about Batista uh, because I have a theory into uh, what's going on, and you guys talked about it this week on the SmackDown Review Show a little bit. So let's talk about Batista. So the first thing we got to do to set this up. So he was a guest on Chris Jericho's podcast, uh, the May 5th edition of the Talk is Jericho podcast. Great interview, by the way. It was good. It was. And um, Jericho was saying to him, you know, you're pretty established now in Hollywood. Uh, Do you still miss wrestling? And not only did Batista say that he still misses it, but he said that he has asked Vince McMahon and Triple H repeatedly about coming back for one more run. And uh, I've got a quote from him here. He said, I've asked for what I want, and I'll tell you. I've talked to Hunter about it, and I've talked to Vince about it. I said I'd come back and run a whole program with Hunter. That's the only thing I'm interested in doing. They're just not interested in it. Uh, He said that Vince has told him I'll think about it, and Batista said I'm tired of asking. Now, to kind of follow up on this a little bit, May 9th was uh, Batista's birthday, and Vince McMahon's Twitter uh, sent him a tweet, because obviously it's not Vince McMahon sitting there on his phone typing this stuff. 
his Twitter sent Dave Batista a, a tweet saying, uh, at WWE, 15 years ago today, WWE unleashed the animal Dave Batista on the yeah, WWE Yeah, it was universe. the anniversary. It wasn't his birthday. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, I thought it was his birthday, but whatever. And then uh, Batista responded and said, I still have a fuck ton of unleashing left in me. Here's my theory, because on, on your SmackDown Review show, you were saying, why wouldn't they bring him back? I mean, this is a no-brainer. The guy's a, he's a Hollywood star, and they could get eyeballs on the product uh, from Guardians of the Galaxy. Why wouldn't they bring him back? Here's my theory behind it. So you know how we've spoken in the past about how Vince cuts the legs off guys when they're getting over? He doesn't want anybody to be bigger than the brand. That's part of it. Yeah, that's part of it is because he wants WWE on the marquee as opposed to the wrestler. I think the other part of it, whether this is subconscious or whether this is deliberate on on Vince's part, is I think that when a talent gets over enough and they get stroked with the office, sometimes they push their weight around a little bit, right? And and if you look back over the years with Vince, whether it be Hogan, whether it be the Warrior, Shawn Michaels was a pain in the ass, uh, Bret Hart – more Alex recently. Palowski with Fightful. Huh. Uh, just like that. Huh. But more recently, CM Punk is another one. You think about Dave Batista, and you think about that pre-WrestleMania 30 press conference that I sent you a week or two ago. Yeah. Uh, and if anybody out there that hasn't seen it, look it up on YouTube. It was the pre-WrestleMania 30 press conference. And Batista, I thought, was awesome because he went out there. He said, they gave me a script of stuff to, st- uh, to say. This stuff is awful. This is stuff that I would never say. Whoever wrote this should be fired. He even said, if Stephanie wrote this, I apologize, but this is terrible. Dave Batista is at a point where he doesn't need wrestling. He's, he's set in his, in his movie career, and he wants to come back because he loves it but he doesn't need it, and he's not afraid about being fired. Yeah. I think that Vince would rather have a bunch of, uh, yes you know. Yes, man. Yeah, I think he'd rather he, have a bunch of yes hey, he men. Brought up, he brought up Titus O'Neil. He, said, he and Titus O'Neil are really good friends, and he said, right. I've wanted Titus to leave. He doesn't make that much money there. Right. And he's, he's a good company man, and see where he is. Yeah, I agree. Also, his utter lack of shit giving carries over to Hollywood. Like the story that he told about De Niro refusing to appear on screen with him. Like right. most actors wouldn't even tell that story because they're you know they're trying to they're trying to make it happen. He was like, No, right. I took this other role and shoved it straight up his ass. But he's just very honest. I, and, I and love he, it. Yeah, and and he's self deprecating. He has no problem <laughs> uh, making fun of himself. But you know, you look at during the Monday Night War period. Uh, and that was when Vince was under pressure because that was when WCW was on his ass. Uh, and all of a sudden, look what you had. You had Steve Austin get over. You had The Rock get over. You had DX. You had Kane. You had The Undertaker. Plus, even mid-card guys like The Godfather was over. Val Venus oh, yeah. was over, right? That's because Vince gave them the freedom to get over because he needed to because he had to compete. Now there's no competition. You know, you hear stories about how he doesn't even look at the ratings anymore. You said that he didn't even bother attending payback. Uh, I don't he, know why he wasn't at payback, but he wasn't at payback. Well, whatever, but he, he doesn't have the pressure of, of competition anymore. And so I think that he would rather have, like you said, a bunch of yes men or a bunch of good sure. little so- soldiers than bring in a guy that might give him some heat about the script because he doesn't need to be there. And that's why I think they haven't uh, brought Batista back. Yeah, it would make sense. And, well, it doesn't make sense, but it no, would make I would, sense that I would, they think that. I would I'd bring him back in a sec. And you know what? I would give him the leeway. If you want to work Hunter, great. You can work Hunter. It's a, it's, it's a lost opportunity to bring eyeballs to the product, but that's the mentality. You know how they said for like two years what's best for business, right? Yeah. Vince's comfort and contentment supersedes what's best for business, in my opinion. I would have I – would, 
I think a WrestleMania program that built up to Triple H, Batista would would be pretty good. And even if, well, it depends. You got to have Triple H beat him eventually because you have to have Triple H as a threat to these young guys that he keeps putting over. But he also right. said he wanted to work Titus. Well, have Batista show up in the Rumble, eliminate Titus, do a little roadblock match, and he gets to work with his best buddy and kill him right. off or kill him a little bit too. Right. Yep. I mean, the guy next year, this year he's in Guardians of the Galaxy. He's going to be in Blade Runner later this year. Next year, Avengers. He's going to be in the Escape Plan uh, sequel the year after that. Then Guardians 3. His schedule's right. filling up, and yeah, I, I, I just mean, think it's I think it's embarrassing. He even said on, on Jericho's podcast, he said, my schedule's filled for the next year and a half. I'm not getting any younger. So it, it looks unlikely that he's going to do a comeback now, but it's unfortunate. You know, yeah, it's funny because he got booed a few years ago. I bet if he came back now, he'd probably get cheered. I think. Oh, I think for sure he would. More people pay attention to stuff like those podcasts than they realize, right? Yeah. So uh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I think he would. What else is uh, on your list? Oh, look at this. I've got two pages worth oh, of boy. stuff. You came on prepared this for that ninety minutes, didn't you? I did. I did come prepared for potentially ninety minutes. Uh, so last week, something interesting happened, Sean. What's that? On May the 4th, Thursday, May the 4th, we had a big traffic spike at Fightful.com. Oh, boy. And I thought to myself, I was like, man, when I like woke up and I saw the numbers that morning, I thought, our podcast must really be getting over. <laughs> that we got all this traffic coming in the next day. No, it's because photos of Charlotte Flair leaked that our traffic just spiked overnight on Fightful.com. Normally, so I, wouldn't, normally I wouldn't publish anything about that, but... Yeah. If Alex's moral compass allowed it, then what? I mean, I guess mine will. I mean, he's he is his moral compass is a little more sensitive than mine. I mean, we didn't post the actual photos, so no, we didn't God no, we never would. And I oh. mean, I had like I mean, it happened for to several women of MMA and pro wrestling, and I mean, one of my friends had her photos leaked as well, which yeah, it's that's a bummer to see and bummer to hear and all that stuff, but it's. Man, people, I let me ask one, you. This. I wouldn't did, use an iPhone at this point. I did you ask your friend how they were leaked? Was it another one of those no, things no, that they I got? Didn't, I no? didn't even say a thing to them. Okay, okay, okay. Didn't say a thing. I had heard that what it is is their emails that look like they're coming from iTunes mm-hmm. or, or from Apple, and they they con them into putting in their login. That's what I heard Probably. it was. Yeah. Probably. I mean, I. Hey, yet another reason I want nothing to do with Apple or Macs or iPhones, Jimmy. You know what? All you got to do is be a competent human being, Sean, and recognize spam when you see it. That's all you got to do. Nah. Nah. <laughs> Good. Well, you got lucky because you didn't have to get the Mac. So you got lucky. Yeah, I'm so happy. So for you guys listening, I got Sean a brand new computer. Yeah. Uh, and I was going to get him a Mac because uh, I was told that it would work better with our little software here. But uh, he wanted to keep his PC, which I would already gotten him. So I did. There you plus, go. plus, I went and, in addition to what you got me this weekend, I bought two additional monitors. So I'm rocking a three-monitor setup. I look like Zordon in here from Power why Rangers. You, why do you need that? Well, let me tell you, Jimmy, <laughs> because I got you full screen to my right. Uh-huh. I got a screen share with you, what's in the middle right over here. Then on the left, I've got the chat. Uh-huh. So I... 
you know, that was just a greed thing out of me. I was like, you know what? I'll go buy a couple more monitors. I'll invest since Jimmy invested. And it's a good damn thing I did. And you know what Nigel says to me yesterday as we're testing? What's that? Any chance you can hook up a fourth monitor because we what? might need it. Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. Oh, you don't even know. That, that's why it's so frustrating <laughs> when you come and you sit down with your smug little grin after we've been testing stuff. Whoa, whoa. Stop it. Stop whoa. it. Don't be sensitive. Don't be a crybaby. Are you telling me that you're going to come to me, you know, hoping for, for, for more money down the road or something after just saying I have a smug little face? Is that what you just said to me? Yeah, absolutely. Actually, probably wow. not. Probably not. You know, you know what's going to happen on Monday the 15th coming up? Monday the 15th, you're going to send me all the invoices for all the Fightful staff. And by like 6 p.m., you're going to be like, Jimmy, I don't think you've done the payments yet. And I'm going to say, yeah, I did everybody's at 1 o'clock this afternoon except for yours. Well, uh, let me tell you, <laughs> if you are ever – if it ever takes you like 20 minutes, I hear it from some of the guys because you are notoriously quick with your payment. I am. I am. But I might, I might slow down the button on yours next week. I might. Uh-huh. Yeah. Just to, kind of, just to prove a point. But anyway, you <laughs> sit down all sassy in your chair oh, there yeah. after me yeah. and Nigel have been testing things for probably 11, 12 hours legitimately throughout a week. And – uh you're like, whoa, what's this do? Why is this happening? Why is this happening? Why is this happening? And I'm like, shut up, Jimmy! I gave you props for how you picked up knowledge on the system so quickly. Did I not? I gave you props for that. Yeah, but it, it's still it's tough to run. I mean, I'll get it. I'll eventually get it. It's And eventually, we'll find a way to streamline it even more to prevent errors and to reduce steps, I'm sure, because it's a it's an incredibly powerful software. But yeah. That's that's what I deal with, guys. Jimmy, why why would you have three monitors? Why do you need three monitors? Yeah, well, you don't. I need a four. You don't. You don't. No, you're you're just being a diva with your monitors. You don't need three monitors. <laughs> I got another one back there that usually has the Fightful logo on it. But that's so you might my, have five that's monitors. Old, that's my old computer. That's my old computer. So, uh, so uh, you want to talk about JBL for a minute? Yeah, sure. Why not? Also, so, somebody says, only took 39 minutes for Jimmy to remind SRS who signs the checks. You're damn right, because <laughs> it keeps him in line. It keeps him in line whenever he likes to try yeah. to... You know what's funny? You know what's funny, Sean? We were just talking a few minutes ago about how this man doesn't like when guys, once they get stroke with the office, they try to push their weight around, and then you pulled this shit. Isn't that... <laughs> I don't have stroke. Isn't that funny how that happened? <laughs> I don't have a damn bit of stroke. <laughs> Jesus. Let's talk about let's talk about JBL. So JBL on the latest edition of Bring It to the Table on the WWE Network, which I didn't watch. And I didn't either. I just kind of saw the clip of this afterwards. I'm busy punching myself in the balls. <laughs> yeah, it's probably just as entertaining. Yeah. In an effort to be funny, because I know that it was just him trying to be funny, and I know it was him speaking off the cuff. He said, "I'd rather be captured by ISIS than have dinner with Sami Zayn." Now, my question to you is, I'm sure Vista Man would watch that and do that big guffaw laugh that he does, and uh, oh, that's my boy and all this bullshit. At what point does it stop being funny, and at what point does JBL become a liability to the company? It stopped being funny to me when he fucking said it, because I've got friends who have died overseas. I've got friends who have lost their legs overseas. I got, you know, I've got a lot of friends who made a lot of sacrifices that his bitch ass would never make. And I think that's complete horseshit. It's not funny. No. no, he would not rather. And I get it. Haha. <laughs> and they're playing up the Sami Zayn like annoying character on SmackDown. Right. That's fine. Do it. Right. Sure. Right. Give him a little bit of character. Saying what he said—that's bullshit. That's right. stupid. I agree. 
And I agree. Uh, yeah, I'm not. Surprised. I couldn't believe he said that. I mean, I, you know, it's it's one thing to say, oh, I'd rather go to prison than uh, than have dinner with Sami Zayn. Do you and, remember when- Zayn is Arabic, which opens up a whole different can of worms. Which I'm sure that that wasn't the the purpose of what he yeah. said. But yeah. uh, maybe think about shit before you say it. When stuff that you have said has caused this issue. Also, shout-outs to Mauro Ranallo, who donated to the GoFundMe of one of our viewers who is kind of having a tough time. You all have seen me retweeting it. But right before we went on the air, uh, Mauro Ranallo also donated to that. So oh, shout-outs nice. to him. Very nice. That's good. I heard Vince Russo was also talking about this guy, right? Yeah. On Twitter. Yeah. So and go, what's... Go, go check out uh, my uh, Twitter, and you all will see the link. I encourage you all to support it. Okay, cool. Should we uh, should we roll to one of our uh, our new little segments that this well, face yeah. is supposed to do? Well, I was gonna segue into it. Damn it, Jimmy! Do like, it now. Do your job. Do your job, Sean. Like do I your- know that you didn't pay attention to me when I was at the other site, but I'm pretty damn good at these segues and stuff. Like it's one of the things, and I keep telling Joe as he sells these ads, I'm like, dude, let them know your boy can segue the shit out of stuff. Like it's kind of my thing. I right, do it. Segway it. One of the things that I've noticed recently is in WWE, you can't have the over-the-top characters the way you used to. And back then, everybody... Uh, oh, oh, oh. I'm going to cut you off for a minute. Have you seen the Velveteen Dream? Okay, to a degree. But here's the thing. I'm talking like the trash men. Right. And the race car drivers. Because here's the thing. Vince McMahon wants his guys to be above having day jobs. So they can't have those types of gimmicks anymore. Like, that, that's just not the, the way it goes. And we talked to a guy who was around during the time in which all of those characters were around. Now, Jimmy, you're going to need to shut the hell up for about six and a half minutes instead of going, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Because that's all I ever do. I don't know anything that's going on ever. <laughs> ever. I'm just, I'm just floating through life here, Sean. Stop being so sensitive, Jimmy. Floating through life. Stop being so sensitive. Uh, So for our first, for the first time, we're giving you story time with J.J. Dillon, where I speak to him about some of the more colorful characters in the WWF. During your time at at WWF, they had some interesting characters, some cartoonish characters, per se, that maybe we hadn't seen before. I know you were working at the WWF or WCW. WWF. I mean, WCW had its fair share as well, but like you, like maybe like Gobbledygooker. The Gobbledygooker for sure was one. Uh, do you remember that idea being thrown about? Um, as I said, Vince was hands on in every aspect of the business in the office during the week but none of the creative was addressed during the week. That was all done on the weekend, casual dress at Vince's home. And in the winter months, yeah. we'd be in his formal living room. Summer months, we'd be outside on a, a, a cabana overhang with a bank of phones. And, you know, the, the pool would be there. And didn't see Shane so much. He would be out running around with his pals. He was a little bit older than Stephanie. But I, I basically watched Stephanie grow up from – I guess she was maybe nine years old, 10 years old, and, and watched, watched her grow up. They'd be out there playing and splashing in the pool while we, we would be working. So all the creative was done on the weekends. Vince took credit for everything that was good, never took any of the heat for anything that was bad, 
and I remember the gobbledygooker. Um, you know, there was this egg, and Gene Oakland was out there, and when the egg popped open, I don't know what the fans anticipated at that point, whether it was going to be a sting or some something that was going to be monumental and impactful. And this turkey or whatever it was jumped out, and uh, I, I have such great respect for Gene Oakland, and he was there having to conduct an interview with uh, this gobbledygooker. And it, it, I don't know if you know that character made it through the hour, but I had some input on some others. Uh, I remember Papa Shango. Um, yeah, yeah. And I thought, wow, Papa Shango, you know, he was this like voodoo type of guy. And I even suggested that all of a sudden, this is before The Undertaker, that all of a sudden the lights go out after the opponent's been announced. And when the lights suddenly come up, there's the opponent flat out in the other corner with his feet on fire. And I thought, oh, well, this is this is, this has got to be different. And and I guess uh, the fans weren't as excited about it as I was. So, you know, there were things that – and I, I had been to Africa on a safari. And so when Vince had the idea of reviving uh, Tony Atlas as um, the, this – with a shield and a spear – I gave him the name Saba Simba because we wanted something that sounded African. And I'd been there and Saba uh, is number seven is number seven and Simba is lion. So it was like seven lions is uh-huh. what, what the literal interpretation of Saba Simba was. But the fans looked at Saba Simba and they still saw Tony Atlas and it wasn't something that they just embraced. You want to talk about excited about Papa Shango, and our viewers won't be able to see me, but you will, JJ. Oh! I keep I keep a Papa Shango action figure on my desk, one of the few decorations I have in my office. Oh, you hold that great value. And I saw him recently uh, out in Vegas. He lives in Vegas. And, uh, I mean, he was the godfather after that, so he's had a couple of incarnations and yeah, he's, he's not only that, not only that, but as the Godfather, he became the Good Father, which was like the censored version. He had comma. He had like a even a different version of comma. He's made it work multiple times. Uh, that guy. Yes. A question I had about the gobbledygooker: Why put Hector Guerrero in that outfit? Why not just the normal guy? Was there a plan for him to wrestle? I'm I'm sure that. In Vince's mind, he envisioned that yes, and so Hector was somebody that was there who was a was a polished performer. So if you if you eventually get to the point where this character has to get in the ring and wrestle, certainly you would want to know that somebody's in there who who you don't have to train. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. 
Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Somebody that's never wrestled before or switch somebody in there that maybe is taller, shorter, and doesn't walk the same or look the same. I'm, I'm sure that was part of the, the thought process. Also, in 1996, uh, right before you left, there was like an influx of guys. There was Barry Windham, Tracy Smothers, Bill Irwin, these guys who had made it work at, whether it was on the territory or at high levels like Barry Windham, that were brought in, but they were given names like The Goon and The Stalker and Freddie Joe Floyd. And the do, do you happen to know? Do you happen to know the reasoning behind that? Even Terry Gordy was the executioner. Do you know the reasoning behind that? Did, did Vince just want to make things fresh? Did he not think that people would know who these people were? It would all had to do with the, with the rights to the persona and the name. And there were exceptions like Ric Flair and I'm going to say Bret Hart, but like Steve Austin. I mean, he still was Steve Austin, but the marketing and, and the thing that was copyrighted and the likeness was the Stone Cold character. And that's why everything was Stone Cold, Stone Cold. And the T-shirts with the, the verse on it, and and so every character that came in, Vince had a way that he didn't embrace something that he did not originate and create. In other words, he wouldn't bring the Road Warriors in and and immediately push them to the top. Instead, he created his own version of Road Warriors, which was Demolition. So he had the rights to those names, the likeness, and everything in terms of marketing, licensing, and merchandise. So there we got a little bit of a look during the first story time with J.J. at the mind of Vince McMahon. This was a guy who worked with Vince McMahon from 1989 to 1996 and walked away. Just was like, screw Connecticut. Get me the hell out of here. <laughs> you know, he uh, he said some, some interesting things. We've talked about this before, about how Vince likes to own the names. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it's funny because to this day, we've talked about this on the show, to this day, they'll have AJ Styles and they'll have Bobby Roode, but then at the same time, they make Kevin Steen become Kevin Owens, and they make uh, Brian Danielson become Daniel Bryan, and Chris Hero has to become Cassius Ono. It's almost like the kind of pick and choose for reasons that no one can really understand. Um, and I'll tell you a little story again about Justin Roberts from his book. When he first went to the company in 2002, I think it was, uh, they made him use the name Jason Roberts because they had Justin Credible on the roster. And they thought they couldn't have two Justins, even though one was a, a mid-card wrestler and the other one was a ring announcer. So he had to be Jason Roberts. And then when he went full-time, and by then Justin uh, Credible was gone, so then he became Justin Roberts. It, a lot of it doesn't make a lot of sense. I know you said you heard it's because, oh, certain guys have television exposure and some don't. Um, I don't know. To me, it just it doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, the way that I've all at least the the way that I have noticed is if they have national television exposure, right. generally they're left alone. Generally, right. now that that there are exceptions to every rule, but but yeah, uh, they that seems to be the thing uh, in my opinion. Uh, some responses: Stone Osborne says JJ is gold. Broken Rodriguez says very fun indeed. Acer, great brief stories with JJ. Neat. Glad that you all like that. We know that, and even J.J. knows. J.J. contacted me. I got to email him back. He said, I like that a lot better than the first one we did because we don't, really? have, we don't have to film as often. 
It's shorter spurts that you can chop up, and I think that will maintain the interest a little bit better. He knows that he, he rambles on occasion if we do those hour-long shows. And he tells me, he's like, man, just wrangle me. Just Great. pull me back in. So uh, I love having J.J. Dillon there. I, we got a lot of other stuff. We talked to him about Goldberg, about The yep. Undertaker, and the next time we film, uh, we'll talk about what you all want to hear. Keep in mind, he was in the WWF from 1989 to 1996. Right. Then moved over to WCW, but I think there are so many interesting topics to tackle from that period. That yeah, and and JJ is a good guy, and you know what? Uh, I should add that if, if just like you just touched upon, if, if there are any questions that you guys want us to ask JJ, uh, Sean and I read all the comments. So if you want to post on YouTube, if you want to post on Fightful or on Twitter, wherever, feel free to post your questions, and uh, the next time we talk to JJ, we'll ask them. Do you have anything else on the list? Oh, do I? Do I? <laughs> uh, so is it true oh, that you have a secret obsession with the Kardashians and you choose to no-sell it? Is that I, true? The only – well, okay. I know what this came from. Ryan and are, you, are you impressed that I do my research? Yeah, it's fucking creepy to be <laughs> honest, the level that you stalk me. But, I mean, I guess you got to make sure you didn't hire a Nazi or something, so – Exactly. A Kentucky Nazi. Yeah. Ryan Satin, uh, who runs ProWrestlingSheet.com, used to work at TMZ. A couple months ago when the Kendall Jenner Wolfpack thing happened, I had made a comment that was like – that I said I didn't know who she was before this. I knew the name. I didn't know what she looked like. Couldn't have picked her out of a lineup. And he was like, what? How is that possible? I said, well, I live in a different kind of bubble. Kentucky sports bubble, Cincinnati Reds, Cincinnati Bengals, that type of thing. I don't seek out celebrity news. I've never watched an episode of TMZ unless one of my friends is on it or if I'm pulling a quote from it. So, I mean, that's just the thing. I knew who Kim Kardashian was because I'm a Kanye West fan. I listen to his music. I like, I like his music. I know who Bruce Jenner and Caitlyn – I know the Caitlyn Jenner situation. I know who that is. Don't know their mom. Don't know their sisters. I know that one's name is Chloe. That, that's about the extent of it. So, I mean, I just didn't know. And, uh, yeah. I mean, somebody somebody had said that they're extending their 15 minutes of fame. And I was like, at this point, you can't say that. Like, I know them well enough to know that they're not – it's not a 15 minutes of fame situation. They're just famous. Yeah, and you know what? I, I am not a big Kardashian guy. And, and quite frankly, I don't give them a lot of credit. I don't think they're that intelligent. I think they just happen to have people around them that uh, – that lead them in the right direction. But I, I will say one thing. I read something yesterday, and uh, this is one situation where I am completely in favor of the Kardashians. The FTC uh, – have you heard about this one? The FTC, which is the Federal Trade Commission, has sent out letters to a bunch of celebrities, including all of the Kardashians, for posting uh, brand uh, – product placement photos on Instagram, basically. There was a photo, for example, of the Kardashians on a plane eating Popeye's chicken. Because clearly Popeye's chicken paid them to do it. And uh, so the FTC is sending out letters to these celebrities basically saying that they have to make their relationship with the brand public. And I read that. What? and I Yeah, and I read that and I thought, that's not your damn business. If, if Popeye's chicken wants to give them money to post a photo on yeah. Instagram, that's well within their right. I think it's, that's, that part is stupid. But otherwise, I, the Kardashians have no talent aside from stuff that came dead on video 20 years ago. 
Hey, I'm never gonna fault somebody for making money for no. not doing sh- like like I see everybody trash the the Catch Me Outside girl. Hey, she's gonna be on WWE programming within the next ten years. I guarantee. Is she it. is she still relevant? Is, she's got still- ten million Instagram followers. You kidding me? She did the the she mentioned the WWE thing on Twitter, and I was like, let's see how famous she is. And I went to her Instagram. 10 like 10 million Instagram followers. She got famous doing that and people are like, "Ah, she disrespected her mom." Go ask her mom if she's got a problem with what's going on right now. Cuz her kid is the breadwinner right now. I don't know her name and I don't know what she looks like. This I don't I don't know her name. I know her as Cash Me Outside Girl. Also, ask Dr. Phil if he's got a problem with it. Yeah, I think we need to move on because my brain is going to melt talking yeah, about Yeah, I, uh, I agree. I want to talk about John Jones and Daniel Cormier for a second. Yeah. And uh and again, I say this all the time. This is the uh, this is a Fightful Wrestling podcast, not a Fightful MMA podcast. But whenever I have MMA stories, I think wrestling fans will appreciate. I want to tell them. You and uh, I think it was you and Joe on the MMA podcast were questioning why is John Jones getting cheered and why is Daniel Cormier getting booed? And I think I have the answer, and so I wanted to talk about it. But first, I want to set it up for people that might not be familiar. So, John Jones was the UFC light heavyweight champion. He was unbeatable. Like this guy was, was as, as a relative newcomer, was taking out veterans uh, decisively. He ran into a bunch of trouble with uh, failing drug tests. He had a DUI, things like that. So he was stripped of the title. He never lost it in the cage. They decided to do an interim title match, and Daniel Cormier won the interim title match, became the champion. Prior to Jones being stripped, he defended the title against Daniel Cormier, and he beat him decisively in that fight. I think the reason the fans and, and I'm going to tie this into wrestling. I think the reason fans are booing John jo- are booing Daniel Cormier and cheering John Jones is because they view John Jones as being the true champion. That, uh, yeah, they view, and I think they view Daniel Cormier as being the corporate kind of paper champion. Uh, and plus, it's because of the fact Daniel Cormier kind of carries himself like he is the champion uh, and talks shit about John Jones, even though John Jones killed them when they had their fight. To me, it's reminiscent of the Rumble in Philadelphia. Do you remember the Royal Rumble in Philadelphia? Yeah. A couple of years ago, Roman Reigns was booed out of the building when he won that match. Daniel Bryan was cheered incessantly. He was the most popular guy on the show. And I think the reason for that is because Roman Reigns, the, the people viewed him as the chosen one uh, and rejected him. And they looked at Daniel Bryan as the guy that deserved it and the, and the guy that should have won the match. And he was cheered. I think it's kind of a, this, a similar thing. I think people think John Jones is the true champion. He beat Daniel Cormier already. Uh, and Cormier is the paper champion, and I think that's why they react the way they do. Yeah, I think that that, that is a part of it for sure. Tough to get on the level of a guy psychologically who was an Olympian and was yeah. undefeated as a heavyweight and has a job at Fox and is going to have a job with the UFC and broadcasting long after his fighting days. He whines a lot. He's, you know... the. For all the trash that he's talked, like there, he has never shown any indication that he could ever handle John Jones, whether it no. were two years ago, two and a half years ago now, yeah. or today. No, he'll never beat John Jones. They they are eventually going to fight. John Jones is going to win the title back. Well, I do, I do want to see what John Jones looks like because he's had one fight in two and a half years. Yeah, I know, but I Cormier is not getting any, and I don't want to turn this into an MMA conversation, but Cormier is not getting any younger. Uh, I think Jones will take the rematch, but uh, I want to move on because we're going to have a new segment on future shows, uh, and we already do the segment, but it's not an actual segment yet, Sean, but it's going to become a segment. What is it? 
It's called WWE's Weekly Excessive Usage of Stupid Nicknames. Oh, you got me excited. I thought you were dropping some sort of surprise on me. Uh, oh, well, I, well, I will. I mean, I already got you Justin Roberts on an intro. I'll give That's you true. stuff as time goes on. I'll, but, I'll say uh, this without saying the name. Have you talked to the person that I told you to talk to yet? No, I haven't yet. I haven't yet. I want to I wanna get the live thing figured out on Wirecast first. Now, good luck with three people. So. Oh, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about the, uh, the stupid nickname usage of the week. So it was bad enough that Michael Cole and Corey Graves both referred to Roman Reigns as the big dog within 15 seconds of each other. Sean, I actually timed it. Within 15 seconds of each other, when Roman Reigns came out, they referred to him as the big dog. What made it worse to me is when Braun Strowman came out to cut a promo, he referred to Roman Reigns as the big dog. Yeah. Can you ever remember a wrestler referring to his opponent that he supposedly hates by their cool nickname? Ever? I think it was Alex that brought up... uh, Monday, he was like, usually they would call him like the little puppy or well, yeah. the tiny bitch or something like that. Right, right, yeah. And then uh, towards the end of the segment, we got to talk about this because these came 35 seconds apart because I timed it again. At the end of that segment, Roman Reigns took out uh, Braun Strowman and sent him running to the back. Um, Michael Cole said, a wounded monster dragging himself out of the arena as the big dog stands tall. 35 seconds later, Corey Graves said, I can't believe we just witnessed the Monster Among Men retreat from a battle with the big dog. Yeah. It's so stupid. The Corey Graves one got me pretty badly because I know under normal circumstances he'd be like, why? See, and I know that Corey Graves gets a lot of props from people and they say that he's really come along as a commentator. That stuff to me is irritating because to me, well, I I think he's becoming a corporate shill. I think he's becoming a Michael Cole. Uh, and I don't need to see another kiss ass on television for the next 20 years. I, we've been dealing with Michael Cole for, since 97, doing that typical bullshit, kiss ass, corporate chill stuff. And now it looks like we're going to have to deal it with never, it. Before he it never felt forced when Jim Ross said the rattlesnake or the no. game or the dead man. It, no. it never felt forced. Even no. Jerry Lawler, it didn't feel forced when they did it because they didn't wedge it in there. Right, right. No, it it was very different, and and now it's very irritating. And the other one that I noticed, uh, and it's kind of ironic. So last week, we were kind of making fun of the fact they were calling Seth Rollins the architect because they kept calling him the architect, the architect, the architect. And I made a joke about how I wanted to see his resume. Uh, This week, they only called him the architect like once, and the rest of the show, they called him the Kingslayer. So he's the Kingslayer all of a sudden. And all he did to become the Kingslayer was he beat Triple H at WrestleMania. Seriously, he was, he was the Kingslayer before that. He had the shirt. Was he? Yeah, oh, he was had the he? shirt. But they really, really established it this week. Really, really stupid. And uh, Corey Graves again was the one that, uh, in a in a in a matter of minutes, they hadn't even rang the bell yet to start Rollins versus Joe, and they called him the Kingslayer three times, and they hadn't even rang the bell yet. So it's it's very irritating. I'm going to keep doing this every week. We're going to get a nice little graphic up here, Sean. It's going to be a weekly segment because it's dumb, and that's that's it. Yeah, I agree. It's stupid. It's not organic, and people know. People are smart. And yeah. it's, it's true. People are smart. You're right. You're right. And they're they're going to figure it out. They know yeah. that it's, it's forced, and they don't like it when it's. Forced. It's just so oh. stupid. It Imagine is stu- if 
Ezekiel Elliott was running the ball for the Dallas Cowboys, and he had like um, the Dallas Bulldog was his name or something, and you got Phil Simms on there. Well, the Dallas Bulldog took it in. Oh, the Dallas Bulldog. Oh, the Dallas Bulldog. Right. Nobody cares. Would you no. stop it? Right. Cut the shit. Cut the shit, Sean. Cut exactly. the shit. Exactly. We should get a, uh, a voiceover of you saying that, and then you just press a button. Well, and listen, it... I'm here. I can just say, cut the <laughs> shit. What if I want to say it in the Sean Ross Sapp voice? Well, you could learn to... I could try to imitate you. you cut the shit. Yeah, it's not... Come on now. What's that <laughs> supposed try. to mean? People with high try. voices? Are you talking down on people with high voices? See, I'm going <laughs> to call make... you out on, on this, and I'm going to tell you, cut the shit. I was all just I was just making prejudice. fun of you. Having fun with you. All this prejudice because you're trying to set me off and I just want you to cut the shit. <laughs> Let's talk about uh John Hennigan. John Hennigan, aka John Morrison, aka Johnny Nitro, one half of Bozer Tag Team Eminem back never, in the day. Never with, been a fan. Uh, no, you've never been a fan. Okay. Never. So I'm gonna give him props for a minute because he has balls. Did you hear about what he did? Was there an insinuation that he didn't have testicles prior? I'm talking in the in the you know in the sense of courage, Sean. In the sense of courage, yeah. he has balls because I did he, see. I wrote the oh, article. Okay. Oh, you did. Oh, see, I didn't. I didn't notice who wrote it. So for <laughs> for the last five years, he has been working on a film that he uh, he produced. He self financed. He wasn't able to get funding. Called Boone the Bounty Hunter. And he actually sold his house to finance the completion of this movie. You talk about a risk, Sean. And this thing is not getting a theatrical run. It's on, like, uh, Amazon. Uh, you can get it on online, iTunes, whatever. Sold his house to finance it. And, and, and the funniest thing about it is I looked at the cast. Did you check out the cast of this movie? No, I didn't, but I will. Jonathan Lipnicki. Do you know who that is? Nah, I have no clue. He's the little kid from Jerry Maguire. Oh. From, like, what, 20 years ago or something? Yeah. Rampage Jackson. Okay. Lorenzo Lamas. Who the hell is that? Uh, he was uh, like uh, some soap opera in the 80s. Uh, I forget, Falcon Crest, I think it was called. He was on some soap okay. opera. Uh, and Kevin Sorbo, who was uh, the television Hercules. Yeah. They're all in this movie with, uh, with John Hennigan. And so I, so, I heard he, so he might not be the worst actor in the movie. It's so the funny thing is if you see the if you see the poster, he's front and center. He's front and center, right? And everybody else is like a fraction of the size. And I guess when you're producing your own movie, that makes sense. Well, he he absolutely but, looks like he belongs on the cover of that movie. Yeah, or maybe a romance novel or something. I don't know. But uh, again, that takes a, a lot of balls to sell your house because you believe in it that much. So, props to him. I wanted to give him. Uh, I wanted to give him props, and I also want to give props to wrestling fan Sean. Because a gentleman by the name of Jared Followill, you know who that is? I, I do now. Yeah, I didn't know before either. <laughs> I didn't. But he is the bass player for Kings of Leon. Uh, I'm not a fan. I don't even know if I can uh, recount one song. Are you tired there, man? You're rubbing your face? No. Sex is on fire. That shit. You know that song, don't you? Is that, is that that's that's one of them? Yeah, it's the that last was, thing you'd know of them. That was impressive. So, uh, so he, on Sunday night, unprovoked and unsolicited, posted a, a message on Twitter, and he said, hey, adults, let's maybe not watch professional wrestling, you know? 
Um, not sure why he chose to do that, but he did. And wrestling fans came out in droves and basically shit all over this guy to the oh, yeah. point that he tried to backpedal and, oh, I love wrestling and, oh, I didn't mean it. And he really got shit on hard. He, oh, yeah, he, he did. Us. Yeah. I uh, didn't expect my Twitter to go crazy like that. Uh, one of our one of our great viewers, uh, Carrie Williams, sent me a thing that said, well, one of the reasons why it may have blown up is because the BBC included my tweet in an article, so I'm going to need another raise. What? Yeah. So where's the where's the referral traffic if if uh, you got your wonderful little thing? Uh, Isn't a tweet, bro? Wasn't it fightful? Isn't that supposed to be one in the same? Building my brand, Jimmy. Shouldn't fightful be all people, over your Twitter? Yeah, people say it is. People say that all the time. Well, why don't you focus on your brand? Fightful is my brand. Damn it! Shut up. That's right. Fightful should be your brand. It that should be your brand. Me. Absolutely. That is me. So the yep. the thing is, he was like, "Hey, adults, maybe don't watch pro wrestling." And I just said, hey, maybe don't tell people what uh, harmless entertainment to enjoy. And I had this one guy who was a wrestling fan that came back and said, well, why do you care what he thinks about wrestling? And I said to him, why do you care if I care what he thinks about wrestling? Shut up. Go away. So, so basically you got sensitive again and you had to respond to criticism. Oh, I had to respond to criticism, man. Oh, don't ever respond to criticism when somebody's being a complete asshat. You can't ever just let them know that they're being a piece of shit. You just gotta take it. Just take this, it. ladies and gentlemen, this let, is let's the take face. it like Dave Meltzer, who has a shirt that says "Reading is your friend." That's what you do. What's wrong me. with that? What's wrong with that? You one time you said. I'll get you to respond to criticism the way that Dave Meltzer does. And I'm like, he has a shirt that he sells because when people criticize him, he'll say, reading is your friend and shit on them. That's not that terrible, is it? What? Okay, how, let me ask you how this. Is how, is that, is it? how is that any better than me saying, why do you care if I care what he thinks about wrestling? Okay, or, how is it? Or the occasional your mom joke that I land on people. This is what I was going to say. So, so the way you responded to the Kings of Leon's guy, I guess, is fine. Making photos of like old computers and putting comments on them and sending them to whoever the hell that was, uh, Wade, uh, Wade, Wade Keller. Keller. How was that wise? Like, why would you do that? I didn't, I didn't like Photoshop anything. Does that make a difference? Like, you made it sound like I went on some like big like expedition and had Anna Photoshop stuff. Like I, I got a hold of the, the fightful tech team. Listen guys, I need you to produce this. No, I just said it's a different time. People are going to be seen in pictures together. Not a big deal. But didn't you say you posted photos? I like retweeted a photo. You retweeted a photo. You didn't post your own photo. I may have posted a photo. It wasn't a photo that I took. I was going to say, I think you posted a photo. <laughs> may or may not. I can't I, prove it at this point. Yeah, I think you did. I yeah, think you did. Listen, listen. I've got Jeff Hawkins on my side, and he needs a new job. So Let's talk about that. I, I'm oh. going gonna, gonna to have him sort this out legally for me to where so you can't you ever that. talk about it again. I'm glad you brought that up because I forgot. So I'm glad you brought that up. So uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this real quick. That's called I'm, a segue, Jimmy. That's cute. That's cute. So uh, on this week's SmackDown Review Show, Jeff Hawkins kind of uh, vented a little bit about his job situation and about his employer. And Sean, I'm sure you could see, you could really see it in his eyes 
that he's really frustrated with his uh, place of employment. And I, I saw that and I thought to myself, I want to talk about this on the air for a minute because I've been very fortunate that I'm an employer now. But before this, I was an employee for other companies, just like everybody else. And I've been in situations before where I felt disrespected and I felt mistreated and I felt unappreciated. And one thing I want to say to Jeff, because I've had friends recently who went through the same thing and their mentality would be, oh, it'll get better. I'm, I'm going to get moved to another department or, uh, you know, I'm going to they're, they're going to give me a little raise or whatever. And it's going to get better. It doesn't get better. Nope. Right. And maybe in the short term, it will temporarily, but it always goes back to how it was. And so the, the advice I will give Jeff and to anybody in that situation is look for something else, but do not quit till you get something else. You're much more attractive to an employer if you're working. So look for something else, but it's not going to get better. And that's, that's just how it is. Hey, I did that with and ended up at Fightful and it all worked out pretty well. And I like to think I'm a good employer now, even though Sean you and are. I uh, like to tease. Well, technically, are like, you an employer? I'm a contractor. I got 30 people in the office here, Sean. Well, I mean, of me. Uh, I guess I've, I kind of am. You know, I've, I've talked to maybe four or five of your employees, and I've not had one of them be like, well, that Jimmy Van's an asshole. <laughs> and I'm like, well, is there another Jimmy Van that works there, first off? Right, right. That's what yeah. I want to know. Are there two Jimmy Vans? <laughs> there are two of them. Right, right, yeah. I mean, I'd like to think that they wouldn't tell a guy they've never met in person on Skype that their boss is an asshole anyway. You never know. But, you yeah, never I suppose. Know. I suppose. I will say this, though. I learned, I think, how to be I, – I like to think I'm a decent boss, and I think I learned that by working for assholes yeah. in, in, in previous time. Because you kind of learn. You learn what to do, what not to do, and how to treat people. And So when I saw Jeff's thing and just the look on his face and the look in his eye – uh, I could just see it. And so, yeah, just, uh, get something else. Don't, don't make any rash decisions till you get something else, but things are not going to get better. Not that this applies to Jeff's situation, but my way of thinking has always been, I'll be somebody's employee. I will not be their bitch. Absolutely. And, and when, when they try to cross over and make it that you check them. And if they respond to that check and they say too bad, well then time to, time to find something else. Time to find something yeah. else. Fortunately, I've never, I've not had a situation like that. But I mean, that's that's just the way I've always looked at it. I mean, you gotta if if you don't have your dignity, you don't have a lot. And I mean, there have been people that I have been asked to work with before, and not with not since you've brought them on. But I've told other bosses I'm not going to compromise my integrity for somebody who may or may not have any left. So make sure that they, you know, don't. They they got to have that type of thing too. They got to have that same type of mentality. And again, the one thing that I've never understood is most employers, because I realize that there are some employers where maybe the company was handed down from yeah. from, so they've never really been an employee. Most employers were an employee at some point in their lives, and and it it's always funny to me when you hear about an asshole boss because they were at one point an employee. So you think they would have learned how to treat someone based on how they were treated. But uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe part of it, you know, part of it is too, is some people are miserable in their lives and they don't have the opportunity to, to, to when they have that chance to have authority, they maximize it because they just hate their lives, right? Yeah, and it's funny because the question that I get a lot in the chats is somebody says, what's the worst part of your job? And then it, uh, almost always somebody will say, it's got to be the hours, got to be the hours. No, I love working. Like it's... This type of thing is what I always love to do. My wife knows that I love to do it, and she supports it. Though, and I wouldn't say it's a worst, but sometimes having to be stern to some of the people that I have to correct because I'm an editor. 
that sucks. And I worked for a guy named Raj who used to do that to me a lot. And now, as I told you, Jimmy, when I when I came on here, I was like, ah, I kind of see why he did that. And I kind of see why Bill Apter did that. And I kind of see why my editors at Fansided did that. And some of them at What Culture did that. Uh-huh. Because they have to. Because if you let that shit slide, your site's not going to have any credibility. That's having to tell people that maybe that they've messed up, and I mess up too, everybody does. That's the worst thing because sometimes you got to be stern about it, and I don't like to do that, but it's the job. And before I, before I came here, I questioned, I was like, am I ready for this? Then the first week, I was like, yep, I'm ready for this. I can do uh-huh. this. This is what I was meant so, to do. So if the worst part of your job is uh, having to be stern with people, is the best part of your job 3 p.m. Eastern on Wednesdays? It's a pretty good part of my job. I'm not going to bullshit you, Jimmy. But here, here's one, and this is picking up some, uh, picking up some steam in the chat. Uh-huh. Would the eccentric millionaire Jimmy Van purchase the pair of $495 shoes from Big Baller Brand for Sean Ross Sapp to review? Uh, if you're going to review them, shouldn't they give them to you for free? They ain't doing that. Do you know whose shoes those are? No. LeVar Ball. He is the dad of Lonzo Ball, LaMelo Ball, and another guy. Uh, his son Lonzo is going to go like probably top three unless he falls in the draft because his dad's so much of a distraction. Okay. And he couldn't, he got spurned by shoe deals from Adidas, Nike, Reebok, everybody, after saying that he was going to land them a billion dollar deal. He came out with a $495 shoe last week and said, Jordan couldn't command $495 for shoes. Mm-hmm. So is it in demand? I don't think so. It's in demand on our chat. That's, that's about the extent of so it. So you don't know if they're like selling a shitload of them, I right? I don't now. think they are. I'm sure there are some people that are going to buy them just as a status symbol to well, say, do you remember, I do have you remember, these shoes. Do you remember the Back to the Future ones that Nike came out with? Those were cool. Yeah. And weren't they like $1,000? I don't know. They released, a, they released or they gave away a couple pair yeah. a couple years ago, and I thought they were really cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think that there's a, there's a market for everything if you f- just find the right person, and there's that market. But am I going to buy you shoes to review? No. Why? Why? Doesn't make any you, sense. You've got a sports site coming up, allegedly. Maybe, maybe not. Uh huh. What kind of? What better way to promote this than having the face of Fightful.com, Sean Ross Sapp? Review and how is that going to benefit me? You get it's a new pair of shoes out of it. How does it benefit me? Oh, come on. When do you ever get me stuff that relates to my work, Jimmy? Come on. I but, loved your face just then because you had nothing. And you're like, your, <laughs> your head was spinning around like, fuck, I got to come up with one answer. Got to yeah. come up with something. You had nothing. A guy says on LV Sports Group says they've only sold 400 pairs. Uh, hey, guy, only really? 400 pairs is pretty damn good at that price. Really good. Absolutely. I can't believe it. If they sold 50, I would have been surprised. Yeah. So well, you're still not getting a pair to review. You're still not getting it. Yeah, because that's that's one hundred ninety eight thousand bucks right there. But that's you know before cost of shipping and putting them together and all that stuff. But I right. wasn't really a shoe guy until a couple of years ago, uh, and I started to. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a big shoe guy now, but I started to. I'll buy like the occasional pair of shoes because certain clothes look better with it. But that's very rare. Yeah, you know what's funny is myself and my business partner in this company, we tell stories sometimes to people about uh, every now and then. You see the way I dress. I do not I do not dress, you know, the part of, I guess, somebody in my position. And I probably have $100 worth of clothes on, including my shoes right now. Yeah, that's, well, maybe, not, that's not true. 
Because Maybe of not that shirt. The Brock shirt. Maybe because of the Brock shirt. But normally, normally I do. Sometimes we go, let's say every now and then we want to treat ourselves. We'll go to a nice watch store. We'll go to whatever. And we get treated like scum when we walk in. Yep. Because they see us looking the way we look and they think these guys can't afford this stuff. And it's almost like, you know, the pretty woman scene where she goes in and they won't, they won't give her the time of day. But then she goes someplace else, buys it and comes back and puts it in their face. We've been through that before just because we, we choose not to spend money on that kind of stuff. But we can. We just choose not to do it. I hate the idea of that. I think it's horseshit. Yeah. I think it's horseshit. It's true. You know what is only $20 is that shirt right behind you. That your boy shirt, which you guys can check out at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Fightful. You can also head over to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sean Ross Sapp. Between those two places, we got your boy shirts, Fightful shirts, all kinds of stuff. All kinds of stuff. Tweet us a picture of you wearing it. And uh, you know what? I bet if you went into a fancy restaurant, they look at you and they say, I ain't fucking with him. <laughs> uh, you don't think that they would look at, me, look at me and say, oh, he clearly wants the lobster ravioli. <laughs> you know what? They probably would. <laughs> they would probably drop the lobster from that, though. You really didn't think lobster ravioli exists? I had, I, I've never eaten lobster in my life. I'm not a big seafood guy. I eat salmon, tuna, and uh, flounder, especially potato-crusted flounder. Big fan of that. Is it called, like, Captain Highliner or something like that? I don't know. When I, when I trained, like, fish was, like, all I ate because it's, it's fantastic for you. Is it frozen and in the shape of a perfect square? No. Oh, okay, okay. So the quality is a little bit better than, than, than like, filet fish type I, I stuff. I don't know. The potato-crusted flounder I get from Bob Evans, and it's outstanding. Ah, that's you know, good. You know what pisses me off about Bob Evans? I go there and I get like flounder and the steamed vegetables and I'm like, hell yeah, eating healthy. Then they come at me with this, what kind of bread do you want shit? And I'm like, oh, are you serious? And then you end up hitting it with a stick in your yard and, and leaving no, it out for a neighbor. Oh boy, no. No. <laughs> Don't, how dare you? How dare you accuse Bob Evans of having bread anywhere near that? Bob Evans' bread is pristine. I don't know Bob Evans. Bob Evans has an eclectic selection of breads, and they're all pretty damn phenomenal, and I can't hit ground balls with it. So the bread is eclectic? Yeah. That's good. That's good. Oh, by the way, why is it that you wanted the copy on the podcast to say, like, quadrillionaire or something? What was that about? Because you're a quadrillionaire. Everybody I'm a quadrillionaire that. now. Yeah. Dude, if I really was, would I be sitting here doing this podcast with you right now? Probably. I'd be sitting on my gold boat like you talk about right now if that was the case. Let's change it to gold. Let's see. What are the stupid-ass things they, they ride in Star Wars? What's that? What are the stupid-ass things they, they ride on uh, or ride on Star Wars? Uh, like land speeders? Land speeders! Gold land speeders. <laughs> Okay. I don't know if those were redone for the updated version, but that that looked pretty cool too. What that's else? Good, you got man. anything else on the list? Nope, that's all I got wow. this week. We're done. So, no, we're not done. We're I want to ask you. Linda McMahon said that she doesn't think that this Vince McMahon movie is going to be be made. I'm a little disappointed. I wanted to hear Linda, Linda McMahon or yeah, Linda McMahon talk about Hogan and butt stuff. So also whatever murder happened outside your door <laughs> apparently. I do live in Toronto. So something is going on. So the Vista Man movie that apparently has been green lit, it's not the script that's going around obviously. Right? You know that. 
it's another script that that they're going to be doing, not the one going around. Right? You're yeah, weird. but they're not going to have Linda McMahon as a stripper or whatever she was working at a strip club, and Vince is trying to bang everybody. Although I'm sure he did, but they're not going to do that in the in in the movie. And and what Andre the Giant worked at a restaurant in Montreal, and Jimmy Snooker was a porn star. That script is not going to light today. I would imagine that by the time that script makes it, Jimmy Snooker is not going to be in it at all. Very possible now. Yep. Yeah. yeah. But isn't it funny they took the one guy that wore the leopard speedo in the ring and he's supposed to be the porn star? Mm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, Andre the Giant likes wine and he's French, so clearly they found him at a restaurant in Montreal. Oh, he does like wine. Yeah. He did. He drank a lot, man. Oh, yeah? Yeah. We we have the same person who said that I opinionated wrongfully, by the way. The guy who went on the hillbilly rampage. Oh, that guy. Yeah, yeah. Says that Jimmy V Live is actually a cyborg of the real Jimmy V who is at his yacht in the Caribbean. It is a cyborg of a real Jimmy V. That's why you have to repeat what I just said because you have to process <laughs> it through your computer brain. I was trying to envision another one of me sitting someplace. I'm sure you do. You got and I thought, I thought to myself, but if I was going to have that, why would the real me be sitting here doing this? Wouldn't I you have? Must be, you must be running your software through Wirecast because that's the only reason that I think that you would have to ask yourself all these questions. That must be. Over and over. Must be it. Oh, the thing is, Nigel and I aren't even done with Wirecast. We just set it up to where it would... It's like... <laughs> It's like if you set up a tent and it's not really up that well. Yeah. It's just yeah. enough to cover you up from the rain. That's, yeah, that's well, what this is right now. We're going to get the live thing going so we can plug a third person in live. And then we're going to have live guests and live interviews. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. You become like you're almost support ready. Like you're almost ready nah, for Wirecast nah. support. No, nah, I'm not that far. But I mean, working with him has really helped me out a lot. So. I mean, the good news is, is, is if things don't work out with FIFA, you can get a job at Wirecast. Yeah, I cannot so. get a job at Wirecast. I will not work at Wirecast. It's uh, not a bad thing to fall back on. I would work at that Tim Hortons before I would work at Wirecast. Tim Hortons. Damn. There you go. There you go. What else right. we got? Besides telling the people that we need to visit Fightful.com, we have our forums up now. Uh, one of my favorite threads is, a movie's better than Pulp Fiction. Yeah, I saw that. And what are people saying? Titanic 2 made the list. Wasn't that your own list? It doesn't matter. <laughs> I said it made the list. I didn't say who put it on the oh, list. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. But we have I... WWE, UFC, MMA, boxing, video games, TV, mu- movies, action figures, music. We have it all for you guys. Uh, we want to make that a destination for you all. So if you're watching this stream, go over there and register at uh, Fightful.com and use our forums. Do it. Just do it. It's the right thing to do. And Helio King says, I'm not support ready yet. I'm missing the $400 shoes. Uh, They're $495. Man, I don't spend that probably in 10 years on shoes. You offered to buy me the House of Horrors. Yeah, but that was for fun. This is like 1% of the cost of, uh, probably like 1.75, 2% of the cost of the house. I will spend money on stuff if it's in, like entertaining for me, then I'll spend money on stuff. I guarantee you my review of that would be very entertaining. Actually, no, why I think, am I saying that? I don't want the damn shoes. They look like garbage. I, 
I think you doing this podcast from a uh, from a house of horrors uh, meth lab outside of Kansas City would be entertaining. For how long? I would rather have some old Shack Attack shoes than some Lonzo Ball shoe. Mm-mm. Imagine what would be in your background if you were doing this from the meth lab in Kansas City. Like I got it- something for you, buddy. Don't worry. Oh yeah, the background's gonna be plentiful soon enough. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anything else? Is that it? Am I am? That's it, man. We're done. We're done. So so what's gonna happen now is Wednesdays are usually my evening to kind of calm down, but I'm gonna be editing the hell out of this podcast, which seems like two hours ago. It's gonna work perfectly. This is this was a, a first test run with the segments and stuff. Next week you're gonna be a pro. It's gonna go off without a hitch. Not going to be a problem. I don't know about all that. I mean, we'll try. We'll go for it. I need to see confidence in you, man. You can't be. Uh, you can't be. Oh, a, there's, you know, there's confidence little... in me. There's confidence in Nigel. There's not confidence in Wirecast because there's also no competence in Wirecast because it's gonna it's gonna come together. It's gonna come together. Had Next week's gonna be seamless. Had the software ran the way it was supposed or worked the way it was supposed to, Nigel and I would have had it done. Especially Nigel, he would have had it done. Guys, uh, Ring of Honor coverage this Friday, UFC 211 coverage Saturday, Showdown Joe and I coming at you live after UFC 211. That is a hell of a card. Come over and hang out in our live discussion. Also, David Tease, I don't know why he's covering Alaskan Fighting Championships tonight, but he is. He's back on in, in that. I'm like, hey, bro, quick results are fine for the, the Alaskan Fighting Championships. Yeah. <laughs> he insists. So you're getting coverage <laughs> okay. of really cold fights. <laughs> Great. Follow Great. Jimmy at JimmyVan74 and me at Sean Ross Sapp, and of course, at Fightful Online. Anything else, Jimmy? That's it, man. We're done. We're out. Have a good week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.